Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unaired. I'm Ed, and with me we have a special guest today. We have Derek from The Wild Pitch. Hello. So, Derek, do you want to tell us a little bit about your show? Sure. Uh, my show, <laughs> it is, uh, imagine if you had a robot overlord that gave you three random elements and demanded pitches based upon those three random elements. We, we, we come on to every episode, we're given three things, like, for example, one episode we had uh, Sausage Festival Daddy Issues in Indianapolis, Indiana. And myself and my guests, we come up with ideas for whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, movies, TV shows, games. Product. It could be anything in any time period uh, for anything. Right? Just you, The idea is absurdist. It's like an absurdist shark tank. Yeah, it's and it like works surprisingly well. Like I listened to uh, the first episode of yours I listened to was the Star Wars one and all the pitches just ended up being really funny. Yeah, it, it um you know at early on I was like, "Oh, you know, let, let's let's you know, if you come up with something cool, that's good too." I'm really more about the absurdist now. I just want it to be as ridiculous as possible. Um and some people are real comfortable coming up with ridiculous and some people you know, it's a stretch for him, but it always seems to work out okay. Yeah. So, like, we'll get to the plugs at the end, but definitely check out The Wild Pitch. It's very good. I subscribe to it as soon as I start listening to it. But Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, I put out a call on Reddit for, like, to try and find some guests. And when Derek responded, I was just like, wow, like, this sounds like definitely, like, a good match with what his podcast is and what this podcast is. <laughs> so... The show that we actually are covering is an unsold pilot called Life on Mars, starring Bob Odenkirk, Janine, I never know how to say her last name, Garofalo, Garofalo. Yeah. and some third guy. Yeah, I don't know who that was. I don't either. I think he was just kind of there. Yeah. So this was a, a pilot commissioned by HBO uh, in 1994. And it was kind of described as the anti-friends because, mm-hmm. like, the main characters hung out in a coffee shop. That's why it's called Life on Mars. The coffee shop is named Mars. And, yeah, it was kind of considered super dark compared to Friends, and they both came out in the same year. Oh, I, I, I didn't realize that that was the same year as Friends. Yep, yeah. 1994. Uh, so, the, like, intro is, like, super weird like mm-hmm. it wasn't like a real like title sequence it was kind of just a red screen with only the lower third saying life on mars which kind of threw mm-hmm. me off a little bit sure and then it kind of starts off with the establishing shot of the coffee shop and it says la 1994 so it kind of gives us a setting right there and we have janine played by janine garofalo great naming uh yes and she's like being very particular with her sugar and the coffee and somebody tries to like take it and she's like oh hold on (laughs) and then she like like very like meticulously pours it in and goes okay go nuts but i want it back and then bob odenkirk walks in and she's smoking there's this whole exchange about like oh like do you want me to put it out and he's like yeah and then she just takes another puff of it and this is where we find out Bob has writer's block and there's this whole tirade about like she suggests oh why don't you write what like you know and 
he just goes off on her like, oh, write what I know. Write what I know. Why don't I write about the time my dad got drunk at a barbecue? Which like, yeah, I mean, he could have. The, the the first five minutes of the show was extremely flat. Yeah. Just, it felt hard and forced. Like the whole scooping out of the foam out of her cappuccino and the sugar. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It felt like they were like trying a little too hard to act natural. Yes. Yeah. Almost like it was all of their first times acting in like major roles in front of a camera. Right. Which, which I think it was. Which is, yeah, would definitely explain it. <laughs> yeah. So in my notes, I wrote something about the heebie-jeebies. I don't remember the exact context, but she does something. And Bob is just like, oh, I don't need heebie-jeebies. My body produces its own heebie-jeebies, which was like <laughs> the first thing that kind of got a chuckle out of me. Yes. Which like, it was all right. And then Jack is the other random guy that I'm assuming his real name is Jack because Bob and Janine. If I am not mistaken, I believe that is Tom Kenny, who is the voice of SpongeBob SquarePants. You might be right. It did kind of look like Tom Kenny. Because he, he played a big part in Mr. Show, uh, which happened the year after this pilot. Um, and I think that's who that was. You might be right. But yeah, so he's uh, over at a payphone checking his messages. And some barista comes over and starts like kind of flirting with Janine. Oh, that was Jack, wasn't it? I thought he was Jacques. Oh, he might have been Jacques. Yeah, and that was Tom Kenny. Uh, I I don't remember what the little squirrely guy's name was. I think his name was Jack. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh, so we had right. Jack and Jacques. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Yeah. <laughs> I, was just, I got confused. So I think Jacques was Tom Kenny. Okay. I think little squirrely guy was whoever. I don't know. We'll just call him squirrely. Yeah. Uh, so... Tom Kenny hits on Janine and Bob goes off on some tirade about it was very like Larry David. Like he it seemed like he was trying to be Seinfeld. Like he mm -hmm. he went off on some tirade like I don't get his humor. How come he's European? How come I'm not like sexy? I'm Irish. Yeah. Yeah. His Irish German heritage isn't funny or sexy anymore. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Jack comes back over says, oh, I was just checking my calls. They say, how many did you have? He goes, none. But the payphone rang, and he spoke to uh, some woman from, I think it was Waco or something, and mm -hmm. she gave him a recipe, and she's blind. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is amusing, you retelling it. I don't remember laughing at that point, though. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't, but like in hindsight, I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I see why that's funny. I just didn't laugh. Yeah. yeah. I think that also could have had something to do with the delivery of it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Squirrely Guy seemed like he was, like, a coke addict that was going through withdrawals this whole episode. So, there's a poet that's coming into the coffee shop named Luke Cage, which, at first, I thought they kept saying Luke Cage. Me, too. That's what I thought they kept saying, too. And I got very confused until, like, later in the episode when it, like, was actually <laughs> written. It, oh, I, I I didn't even notice that, but I did notice that it wasn't Luke Cage, though. So Yeah, I was just like, he doesn't look invincible. No. <laughs> Far from. Yeah, quite the opposite. So, uh, he like, Bob is losing his mind about Luke Cage because he's a huge fan, 
And Jack doesn't understand why. So Janine says, well, think of it this way. What if Richie Rich was coming here? <laughs> He's got so much money. Yeah. He just, like perks up like, oh, he has so much money. And then it just like unceremoniously cuts to nighttime in the coffee shop. Yes. And Jack is like binging on coffee from around the world. And Janine comes in to like talk to Lou and ask like, what what can she like use to introduce him she's like can i tell him about the addiction no okay well can i tell him about the david bowie hostage situation <laughs> no and then he's oh, i forget what the third one was but it, yeah I don't, i'm not i don't remember either i think it was like can i tell him anything or something like that but she gets up and says like this is a man who needs no introduction because he won't let me give one and he gets up on stage and his poem is called the ballad of el fucko <laughs> And it was like a fever dream watching this. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> it was just like a ton of like weird camera angles and close-ups of everybody. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to all of them chilling in the apartment. Sans Jack. Jack's not there. Mm-hmm. But uh, Lou is over at their apartment. And he's talking about some tribe in Brazil about how they masturbate on cor- over corpses. <laughs> yes. Which I don't remember the context of that. But, like, I don't even want to at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think there was context. It was just, like, the uh, the lead-in, oh, you're eavesdropping on this conversation, and you have to, like, imagine what the context is. Right, like, if you're, like, walking, like, down the street and you're just here, so, yeah, and then I just buried the body. Yeah, <laughs> and then Janine says something like, uh, remind me never to die there or something like that. Right, she's like, I can cross that off my list of places to die. <laughs> Yes, that's what it was. And then we get a rooster crowing from his neighbor, which, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't, it was very out of place and bizarre. Mm-hmm. It just kind of threw me off. But uh, Lou is just like, oh, well, guess I should head out, but I don't have a place to stay. I usually couch surf. Mm-hmm. And Janine and Bob are like, well, why don't you stay here? And we get like these two talking. Bob kind of like, gushes over him like oh my god i'm a huge fan mm-hmm. and then he goes to sleep then we get lou going into bob's room while he's sleeping <laughs> starts smacking his ass and tries <laughs> yes. to like get freaky with him he uh says let's ride the night's edge of pleasure and pain <laughs> and bob's like why 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 would we do that let's not yeah <laughs> what would make you think i'm into this sort of thing i think he says something like that and he says like it's your vibe like it was your body language language, i don't know body language yeah (laughs) so after that it's the next day in the coffee house and bob is kind of recounting this story to janine and jack and they kind of laugh and the barista tom kenny comes over and starts going, oh, something funny. And Bob very loudly goes, no. <laughs> and just like the, his delivery of that line actually made me laugh. Yeah. Like I said, there's like a f- very few things in this that made me laugh, but that was one of them. Yeah. I, I found the, the the first half of the show, meh, and the second half really picked up. And I th- think the best jokes are still coming. Oh, yeah. They were the last, last minute of the show. Yeah. Which was, it was a very short pilot. It was only 15 minutes. Yeah, it was real quick. But uh, so they're all talking about it. And Bob's like, it's not funny. It's scary. 
And Jack goes, well, I mean, it's scary and funny. Like when the gorilla chased the three stooges. <laughs> because like they're getting chased by a gorilla, but you know, it was the three stooges. Yeah. I can't figure out what his role is and his dy- dynamic in the group is, the little squirrely guy. I feel like he was like supposed to be like a Chandler type character. I I felt like if that show kept going on, he would have been the punching bag for like the butt the butt of jokes sort of guy. Oh yeah, uh, he he wouldn't have been the straight guy. He would have been the guy everybody just unloads on. At least that's what it seemed like to me. I don't know. Ironically, he was very flamboyant, so I don't know that he was meant to be a straight guy. Oh yeah, maybe I don't know. Who knows? We'll never know because they didn't pick it up. Unfortunately. Well, I mean, not unfortunately. We got Mr. Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of facetiousness in that yeah. scene. <laughs> so, um, she, I don't remember exactly the context. There's a lot of that with this show because parts of it were like super unmemorable. Parts of it were. So, mm-hmm. like, Janine says something to Bob, like, you need to lighten up or something like that. And we just get a close up of Bob pointing to his face, and there's a single tear coming out of his eye. <laughs> yes. And it was the most bizarre shot of this whole show. <laughs> Yes. But I lost it. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. Like, for no reason. Like, and he had this kind of stoic, frowny face and just one single tear dripping down his cheek. And it was really funny. It was very funny. And then we get to uh, the outside of there of Bob's apartment. And he's having a little, like, tag sale where he's selling all of his Lou Cage merchandise. Yes. And he some old dude like some old hispanic dude walks up like trying to buy a t-shirt and she's he's like oh it's 50 cents i'll give you 20 cents no it's 50 and the guy goes no that's too much and just puts it down and walks away (laughs) yeah and then we get the complete opposite side of the spectrum where some lady tries to buy a record from him and says what is this like 50 cents and he says it's 850 million dollars yes she says 60 cents (laughs) and he says uh 750 million and then he kind of like gets an argument over like you only went up 10 cents and i dropped down 100 million yeah that was my favorite part of the entire episode just that one exchange was worth it yes yeah but yeah and that was the end of the episode right there that was it yeah and it was it it went out on a high note it, for sure it did it was a slow mm-hmm. build up but it built up yeah so had this show somehow been picked up what kind of episodes do you think we would have seen I don't know. I, I I came up with four episodes here. I don't think the show would have lasted more than a season. Oh, not at all. If it if it would have been picked up, uh, unless it just got banana bonkers, and I don't know if it would have done that. Um, I'm glad it didn't get picked up because yeah, because we wouldn't have had Mr. Show. But because of the wh- knowing what I know about the future or the future from 1994. Uh, I, I, a lot of my shows had the introduction of a lot of people from Mr. Show uh, coming on as, as characters. Kind of like a prequel to Mr. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Like so they, they would have like somehow all these people would have still got together and made TV. It just would have, wouldn't have been Mr. Show. Exactly. Uh, so my, my first episode I had uh, was Bob's cousin comes to visit from college and the cousin is played by Patton Oswalt. Um, and his name is Patton in the show because th- that's it, it's fitting because they're all named their real names. Uh, and he wants to see what his big cousin does for a living. Um, Bob makes jokes about being a loser and a writer and how he isn't good at either of them. Uh, Patton sees a flyer on the coffee shop bulletin board for a band. He knows the band and has seen them before. And he eventually convinces Bob and then the whole 
Mars gang, I guess. I don't, I, I guess they're the Mars gang. The Martians. Uh, Bob. Yeah, the Martians. Yeah, <laughs> he commissions the Martians to go. And the band is called Jack of No Trades, and the lead singer is Jack Black. <laughs> uh, the episode actually ends on a very depressing song that connects with Bob. So I, I assume this is like episode two, maybe, or maybe even episode three, where he's he's still reeling over the fact that his hero uh, wanted to, his hero wasn't as heroic as he wanted him to be. Right. I feel like there could be like a running joke where like he points to the tear again. Like the sad <laughs> song comes on and he just points to the tear. And that's how the episode ends. The, the single tear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I didn't really flesh out anything as far as like B stories go. Cause this was, this was difficult because it was really just a handful of characters in like two situations, you know, it didn't really have like room for a B story. No. No, it was just all that. I kind of figured that's what it'd be. And there'd be, you know, the the weird jokes. I, I think episode one, they got all of their coffee jokes out. You know, like the the boom of coffee houses and so and the sugar and the, the foam and the squirrely guy drinking coffees from around the world. I don't know how many more coffee jokes there are. So I don't know. Hopefully that would have opened them up afterwards. I would hope so. Yes. <laughs> like like they're, they're not beholden to more coffee jokes every week. So in my mind, like even though this takes place in L.A., like in my mind, they're going to transplant it to New York just for one stupid joke. So I'm going to bring back the rooster from next door. <laughs> and this the show is going to run parallel to Friends. And okay, like because Joey and Chandler have the, the duck and the chicken. So like he's going to be their neighbors. So like a few of the episodes will kind of like interact. So like one episode, Jack can find out his agent is like the same as Joey's agent for friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what if one of them was actually the naked guy from across the way? Oh, my God. That could work. <laughs> Turns out Bob is just the ugly naked guy. <laughs> yes. It's been a long time since I've seen friends, but I do remember some of the some of the beats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't forget ugly naked guy. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any other uh, episode pitches? Yeah. So then after that, uh, uh, the next episode, Patton's still in town, and Bob convinces Patton to help him hunt down Jack of No Trades, the Jack of No Trades lead singer, because he was really he's really touched by the or moved by the depressing nature of of Jack Black's singing. Uh, and Bob is is really in a funk, and he wants to talk to the guy that is more depressed than him. He just wants to see you know, where he got where he got to. Maybe that'll be be uplifting for him. Uh, Janine tags along, uh, but she warns Bob not to get his hopes up too much. They finally find Jack of No Trades playing the next night and find their way backstage. Bob and Patton try to talk to Jack, but he couldn't care less about him. He says he's he's disinterested. As Patton and Bob are leaving, uh, dejected or rejected, uh, Jack t- catches a glimpse of Janine and calls them back. Like, he sees Janine is like, whoa, ho, ho, hold on, you, you're with them? All right, come on, come on back. Uh, so uh, Jack is constantly hitting on Janine. Bob just wants to talk to, to Jack, but he but he won't let, he just won't let him get in two words. So the gang leaves because Bob is pissed, and uh, Bob's disillusion, uh, he, it grows deeper. So that's that episode there. It, it ends on a sour note for Bob. Uh, as the person he really wants to talk to again uh, is more interested in uh, trying to to get it on with Janine than actually converse about being depressed and sad. I'm starting to feel bad for Bob. 
Yeah, I think Bob's just a is just gonna be like a perpetual loser in this whole thing. He's just a sad sack. That actually ties in with what I have an idea for for like a series finale. Oh yeah. Yeah. But we'll get to that after. <laughs> okay, so then uh the next episode, Jack actually comes and hunts him down and starts hanging out at at the coffee shop at Mars. And he won't stop hanging around the coffee shop and, and Bob and the little squirrely guy, I couldn't remember his name, uh are talking and Bob gets fed up by everything that's going on around him. He's tired of the little squirrely guy and his nonsense. He's tired of of Jack Black hitting on Janine Garofalo. Uh, so he's feeling like a loser and he decides to he decides to take his loserdom to a distance to the distance. He's a writer, so he spends the episode waiting in the waiting room of a young adult literary house. You know, like one of these one of these places that just churns out young adult fiction. So he's going the sellout route. He's, he feels like he can't get any worse than it already is. So he's like, why not make it as terrible as it could possibly be? Uh, so the episode revolves around him watching the people go in and out, and getting up and leaving and coming back, and then finally gets up and goes out back to have a, to smoke a cigarette. He doesn't really ever smoke, but he's like, I, I need to. This is killing me to calm his nerves. And he strikes up a conversation with another person who's smoking, and his name is David, and it's played by David Cross. So Bob bitches about his life, uh, why he's waiting to talk to some asshole about ghostwriting and adult fiction, and the dipshits that he has seen all day going in and out of the office, like, oh my god, these guys are terrible and I'm here with them, sort of thing. Uh, the two finally part ways, and uh, David is very affable and he spends the most of the time agreeing with Bob, oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, Bob goes back in the waiting room and he finally gets called in right before he's ready to leave, he's like, I'm getting out of here. Uh, and he goes in the office, and the talent acquisition manager that Bob meets is David from in the back alley. And that's uh, how that, that episode would end. That would be a good one. Coincidentally, I do have an episode with David Cross in it, too. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's not the next episode. The next episode is uh, Bob realizing that like he's not the greatest at writing literature. He decides he's going to give television writing a try, but mm. he can't really, like, find his way in so he sneaks on with jack because jack has an audition for the nanny because that's the only 90s tv show that came to my mind when i was writing this fran drescher fran drescher of course and like janine could like tag along too and try and be like all friendly with fran drescher and it turns out like she ends up getting the role instead of jack and bob sneaks in to drop off a spec script for an episode of the nanny just to like prove to himself that he can like write something mm. and Jack accidentally picks it up and like starts reading off of it for his audition and everybody's like what the hell is going on like they're super confused but they liked it so they're just like well Jack we like what you were doing why don't you come write for us and Bob is kind of like off in the distance like well shit that was mine but okay so like he kind of gets screwed over I feel terrible for Bob now yeah <laughs> We're just bashing on Bob. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that, that's. It seems like he, he. You you said Larry David, and he, he kind of comes across as you know, uh, uh, early thirties, very nineties and moody, Larry David esque sort of thing, oh, yeah. where nothing goes right for him. It's like a prequel to Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> but not nearly as funny. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
that stinks. Uh, so, it, and actually, your your episode fits in there perfectly because he didn't get the job at the end of my episode. He just he met with the guy that he was bitching with. So then he gives up on writing and he goes to TV writing. And then once that fails, then we have my episode here. So Bob is super depressed, uh, and he's at the uh, the coffee shop uh, when the shop phone rings and it is for him. Uh, and it's David calling him back with an opportunity, but he has to go back down to the offices. So, uh, and Jack the Jack Black is still hanging around Mars uh, for Janine, and it still pisses Bob off. And Bob meets with David, and David offers him an opportunity to write the first novel in a young adult vampire series. However, there is a catch. He has to work with an assigned writing partner named Brian, who is played by Brian Posehn. <laughs> Uh, so D- David sends the two to work on their novel, and a new character named Paul, played by Paul F. Tompkins, starts hanging out at the coffee shop. Uh, he's enamored with Bob, and uh, he's enamored with Bob because Bob wrote an essay uh, that was published in probably in some ridiculous magazine the previous year that was about the struggle of being a modern writer in a uh, VHS society. This is this is pre DVDs, right? Nineteen ninety four. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, yeah, so, like, the video shop and, like, oh, nobody's reading books anymore. Everybody's, you know, renting <laughs> videotapes. <laughs> uh, so so Paul, Paul, the character Paul, is really enamored with him. Uh, and Paul wants to hang with crew, but Bob is distracted by his current state of selling out with Brian Posehn. I feel like selling out with Brian Posehn could be, like, a TV show name. <laughs> it totally could be. Like a comedy Or at Central. least a podcast. There we go. Uh, you have one more, right? No, that was it right there. Oh, that was it? Okay. Mm -hmm. So we can move on to my idea for a series finale then. Series finale, yep. Which actually kind of fits in with the whole David Cross thing now. So the whole book deal, like, doesn't really work out for him. It doesn't, like, there's, like, a whole couple episodes about, like, his writing process. And it just turns out the editor hates it. So he gets fired. And Bob realizes he's just a loser. And he decides to give up on writing in general and get a real job so he decides he's gonna move back home and there's like a whole like tearful goodbye at the coffee shop type thing but at the very end the camera pans up to the sky and we see it fade in david cross at a typewriter saying the end and bob odenkirk opens the door and says hey uh we need to go shoot for mr show and like asks hey what are you doing and david cross like slams the typewriter off the table and like nothing (laughs) <laughs> yeah and that's <laughs> very meta yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's uh my pitch for the series finale i think it works yeah <laughs> because yeah. <laughs> and that would be fitting I, and it's one of those shows that i could see maybe eight episodes out of at yeah. best eight episodes yeah there's no way this could have like lasted like friends or seinfeld or something like that no this is definitely like a quick series like a quick one-off yeah, you know, the the TV shows on HBO back then weren't quite the caliber that they are now. I'm trying to remember all the ni- 90s uh, HBO, uh, Arliss, uh, that might have been late 90s. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember there was the black and white TV show, with lots of boobs. Oh, I Love Lucy. No, 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 <laughs> with lots of boobs. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't remember. It, the HBO TV shows weren't... Uh, weren't the greatest back then but they were still like groundbreaking they're way ahead of network tv yeah so this could have fit on there oh yeah definitely it's definitely like nowhere near the caliber of where tv is now (laughs) no no for sure not 
even like just networks are starting to kind of pick up on it. Yeah, something like this would never work today. And it it didn't work then, and it would definitely not work now. I don't know if there would be a time when this would have worked. I don't think there would have been. Like even now with like the whole like coffee shop thing with like, oh, writers are still at Starbucks and all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. even now, it still wouldn't work. No. And, and it's a shame because, well, no, it's good because all the people who are associated with this TV show went on to make far greater things. But to think that this could have been the the jumping off point for Janine Garofalo and Bob Odenkirk and those guys. Yeah. Like, I would have been very sad in a world without Mr. Show. For real. Yeah. <laughs> we would have never had... My favorite, my absolute favorite Mr. Show skit with the roller coaster. Uh, the, the one that kills everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. See, my personal favorite is the Taint Magazine one because it has Scott Ackerman in it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The, the Scott Ackerman, uh, he, he pops up on a couple of those episodes. Oh, yeah. Think about the talent that got churned out of Mr. Show and then the branches from the Mr. Show tree just from... Scott Ackerman and Comedy Bang Bang and uh, the people that were just in that show. It's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy how like so much talent just like came out of that one show. Mm-hmm. In, in, <laughs> from SpongeBob SquarePants to Sarah <laughs> Silverman and Jack Black was in a few episodes. And I, I believe Patton Oswalt wrote for it for a while. You yep. know, it's just, it's it's madness. There's so much talent. It's almost like back when uh, The Daily Show was still on. When mm-hmm. I had John Stewart and like all those people went on to great things like yep. Ed Helms, Stephen Colbert, yep. Steve Carell, all of them. Yep, Wyatt Snack. Wyatt Snack's a really funny dude. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, and and then at the same time was like Saturday Night Live was in its heyday because Bob Odenkirk wrote for Saturday Night Live prior to that, but then he had uh, Robert Smigel, Conan O'Brien. Uh, all those guys that used to write for that, and then went on to Conan, and then he had he had Louis C.K. and uh, some others. Uh, it's just it was to, for for me. I'm an old guy, so that was like my that was like my golden age of of funny. I I, I laugh at it's probably why I laughed at this show way more than I probably should have. It just <laughs> it's still it still hit with me. Right. Yeah. Like I'm only 23, but like still like stuff from like the 90s, like those old SNLs. Back mm-hmm. when, like, it was, like, Chris Rock, Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. stuff like that. That still, like, resonates. Yeah. That was... Phil, yeah, Phil Hartman and, and Sandler and David Spade was even funny back then. Oh, yeah. David Spade's still funny. His stand was pretty good. Yeah, it's just, like, Joe Dirt 2. We just don't talk about that. <laughs> I don't even talk about Joe Dirt 1. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, do you want to do another quick little plug? Sure. Uh, check out the Wild Pitch Podcast. <laughs> it's it's a absurdist shark tank. Uh, wildpitchpodcast.com. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at Wild Pitch Cast. New episodes every Wednesday. All right. And so our little social media stuff, like Twitter is at Unaired Podcast. Uh, we have an Instagram. I don't know why, but like it's there, Unaired Podcast. <laughs> uh, Facebook. Our website's unheardpodcast.com. And, you know, go on iTunes, give us both reviews, and be like, hey, great show. Five stars. Five stars. Every time, five stars. Five and a half stars. If you can. Yeah. If you can. 
if you can't if not five stars will do it yeah settle for five we'll settle yeah yeah shoot for 10 settle for five that's the way that's the way uh itunes rating system works right <laughs> yep something like something like that just just click on the f- rightmost star exactly and you'll be fine yep all right so uh thanks for listening uh i'm ed i'm derek and just remember some things are better left unaired bye